then once we started to get some traction, proof of concept, people were um, buying the product. You know, we got kind of a, we got a huge amount of press um, when we launched. Miley Cyrus actually endorsed the product on our first ever event and took hmm. a picture um, of herself having a champagne ice lolly, put it on the internet. But she, I think she forgot that she um, said she wasn't going to be drinking in her upcoming tour. So it created a kind of a frenzy of kind no. of back on the booze with these ice lollies, which is was kind of mad, mad for us because it kind of we literally um, at that point, you know, it was day one of production. It was the first kind of hundred units that, that we had, and, and we had her and it being in all the tabloids. So it was this it was this crazy kind of adventure that kicked it all off. Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, brought to you by Startup You, inspiring and supporting entrepreneurs to make a full-time living doing what you love. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, Virgin mentor, and founder of Startup You, the regional partner of Virgin Startup, providing startup funding, mentoring, and support. Each episode features the stories from two entrepreneurs at different stages in their journey who talk us through their successes and failures. You get to take on board all of their learnings and none of the failure. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hayes, with the number one recruiting experts in the UK. Whether you're searching for your perfect job or looking to scale your business by building the perfect team, go to hayes.co.uk, quoting Startup You. Welcome to episode 29 of Screw It, Just Do It. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell. And on today's first Saturday startup, I talk to James Ray and Harry Clark from Pops, who produce premium popsicles aimed at adults. Before we start on to the interview today, I'd like to bring your attention to the first podcasting masterclass that we're going to be running. Um, so Virgin Startup have asked me to host a podcasting masterclass. So how to use podcasts to grow your business. Since we started this podcast back in June, um, we've reached a high of number 51 in the iTunes chart consistently in the top 100, which is amazing, completely blow my mind as to you know what you can achieve in a, in a relatively short period of time if you go all in um, and you just ask. People can only say no, and the vast majority say yes. So I'd like to pass on the experience and the lessons learned um, with you. So if this is something that you're interested in, all you need to do is to go on Eventbrite, look at the Virgin Startup page. So just Google Eventbrite Virgin Startup. And on December the 6th at our HQ in Bournemouth at this workspace, we're going to be hosting a masterclass for podcasting. Um, tickets are only £35, limited spaces, because this is very much hands-on, um, giving you the tools to either start your own podcast or to grow a podcast that you have already started up. So um, any questions, you know how to get hold of me by now at Alex Chisnell on uh, Twitter or LinkedIn, or you can email alex at startupu uk and I'll answer any questions that you may have. But I'd love to see you, meet you in person, find out about your plans for your own podcast or how I can help you um, with an existing podcast. So on to our Saturday startup and my interview with James and Harry from Pops. Now, their flavors include watermelon martini, champagne prosecco, plus non-alcoholic Pops too. 
Now, Harry James talked to me about how they've leveraged celebrity endorsement to grow their popsicles and how they've raised two rounds of funding and even entered into a joint venture with Diageo with their Pims and Lemonade flavoured popsicle. Um, they're really, really honest guys, give loads of... Um, lessons that you can learn loads of tips from their three four-year journey that they've been on um now expanding into australia so managing to do this in a very short period of time um but loads of great takeaways from the guys here um that you can implement in your own business or build into building something um for next year so without further ado let's start up Hi, my name's Harry Clark, and I'm one of the co-founders of Pops. And I'm James, and Harry and I launched the business in 2014. And how did you guys meet? So we, um, we've actually known each other for about, um, it must be about 11 years now. Um, so we met when we were 16 years old. Um, we went to the same school for sixth form. Um, and really, um, first, um, it was, you know, it's, it's, it's a friendship then and it's a friendship now, but, um, you know, we, we, um, we spent a lot of time with each other, um, during our kind of school period and then kind of kept very good mates once we, um, left school and we're kind of, um, all in London together. Okay, and, and when did the ideas for Pops uh, first appear? Was it one of you, both of you? How did it actually happen? Uh, it was both of us uh, in uh, summer 2013. Um, we were going around the Balearic, so Ibiza, Mallorca, Menorca, um, and really witnessing this sort of daytime drinking culture, which uh, predominantly was based around the beach clubs, mm-hmm. um, which initially originated in, in Ibiza and are now really spread out and have even reached us as far afield as Mykonos. Um, and we saw these day parties happening and thought, why don't we create a product that um, caters for um, sort of a, a fun way to consume alcohol in, 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 in innovative packaging um, and essentially sort of took, took one idea, which was the champagne ice lolly, um, and over time really sort of defined that, refined it, and um, then now have, have, have a range of products that we sort of, um, you know, sort of hope that cater for, for every type of person and, and, and of every age. And just talk us through the products that you, you have at the moment and with, with, a, with a little timeline, if you tell us which one you yeah. started with. So, so from the kind of um, when we the kind of conceptual idea, which was kind of in in the kind of summer two thousand and thirteen, we kind of came back from um, what was kind of a holiday, and then um, started um, to work out, you know, how do we make a, a champagne ice lolly? Um, both of our backgrounds weren't in uh, food production, weren't in retail, um, weren't in any sort of manufacturing. Um, so we really was kind of starting kind of from the ground up. Um, essentially, um, so um, what we, what we started to do was to um, try and find actually appropriate kind of um, ice cream shops in in and around Soho that would um, that could potentially make the product for us. And um, it was actually interesting because we got um, 
kind of laughed out of pretty much most kind of ice cream shop that we went into. Um, however, um, one ice cream shop set, um, said, you know, yeah, let's give it a go. And I think I can play around with these ingredients you want. And, and, um, and that was kind of where it kind of all began. So um, from about September 2013 till June 2014 was very much kind of um, the when we were creating recipes, trying to find a manufacturer um, and launch a product. So mm -hmm. that took us about eight months. So we had a kind of product um, that we, we could essentially retail um, in June 2014. And we had that one product, which was the champagne product. And we, we just had that product for about eight, nine months. Um, and then in 2014, we released um, two other products. So we released a um, Bellini product, which is now our kind of best selling, which is a Prosecco and peach. Um, essentially, um, Prosecco market was booming. Mm. Um, you know, it was um, adding that kind of peach flavor um, to it kind of really help the taste profile of the product. And, and, and that's kind of been, um, been one of our core products. And then we also, uh, released a strawberry and mint and we kind of dived into the alcohol free market because we really wanted to, um, uh, get it, get involved in, in the alcohol free, you know, there's a slightly different market there. Um, mm -hmm. all of our products, no matter if they're made with alcohol or, um, with alcohol free or all kind of, um, premium natural, um, uh, aimed at a sophisticated, um, adult market, um, opposed to going down the kind of kids route. That's something we've never really kind of positioned ourselves. Yeah. Um, and then, um, after that, um, in, um, in 2015, we, um, released um um no sorry 2016 we went on to um release a a moscow mule product which was a limited edition product which is uh, made with vodka uh ginger beer and lime and we did a partnership there so was, um and we partnered with um chase vodka so can again premium british um mm, spirits awesome. brand, and then also fever tree um which you know massive success story mm. um startup perspective um and it was you know great to do that limited edition product in 2016 um as you know kind of gave us credibility working with some kind of brands that were bigger than us um mm. and are bigger than us um and um and kind of stamped our kind of british approval um uh, that we kind of want to stand for you know everything that we do is british and everything's made in britain so it was good to align ourselves with those sorts of brands um and then we went to, this year we um we launched um we launched four products so um it was um it, which has been great to see we've launched three alcohol based products and we've launched um one alcohol free so we've done a, a frosé product which is uh, rosé wine and raspberry mm. uh, again um rosé has had a massive uplift in retail um over the last couple of years rosé yeah. wine it's also um you know our target demographic is more female based it was about 80 percent female of the ages of kind of around 25 to 40 so we're trying to kind of hit mm. that um, slightly more kind of female taste buds and, and, and we felt rosé was, was on trend with that and also the raspberry. Um, and then we launched a, a watermelon martini. So that was um, a vodka watermelon based product. Again, um, with all the things we do, we look at trends, we see um, different kind of, uh, when we're looking at fruits, we, we see what's going to be, you know, popular, what's ticking people's um, taste buds at the moment. Watermelon, again, um, doing some great things um, as a fruit flavor. So we wanted to go down that route. So that was our watermelon martini. And then probably our most um, uh, talked about product this year was our collaboration that we did with um, Diageo. 
Um, and um, we uh, launched the world's first Pim's Ice Lolly. Um, I've had so- that one. Yeah, that's the one yeah. I had. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, um, so that was that's has been a, that's a bit of a landmark for us. You know, working with Diageo was, was mm. has been amazing, um, and they've been great to work with. Um, um, but also, uh, using Pims as an ingredient within the ice lolly has just been um, has has been fantastic. You know, if you want to, you know, we kind of uh, if you want to kind of summarize kind of British summer, you know, Pims would probably be in there, and so would ice lollies. So to kind of put two and two together seemed like a kind of a good fit that that, yeah. that would work well. So um, so that that product's um, been very well received. It was uh, only launched in in July, so we kind of only got a couple of months of the summer to really um, kind of market it. Um, but the response to the second half of the summer was amazing. So we're going um, going ahead with a full kind of um, launch strategy um, for this year, which is um, hopefully going to see lots of new accounts and and us grow that product um, throughout retail. And going back, um, something you just touched on, um, the target market um, demographic, was that something that you'd played around with or, or you know, done your research, obviously, traveling around the Balearics um, in, in the summer 2013, 2014, or was that something that has also evolved and you've honed over the last uh, two, three years as well? Because having talking to... Um, Ed and Jamie from from Candy Kittens, and they have this Lucy Clapham, as they call her, and she's 24 years old, and she's in PR. Do you have a similar kind of profile, um, you know, person that you you, you target as your, your ideal customer? I mean, it's a very very good question, um, and we have toyed around with with individuals or sort of uh, fictional characters that mm. summarise our um, demographic perfectly. And I think we're in we're in such a unique position given. First of all, the early uh, sort of stages of our business, but also um, the fact that the product is completely new and it's a sort of hybrid between um, those that might consume alcohol and those that might consume an ice lolly or an ice cream. Um, and at first, it was very much us marketing it to our friends, our family. We had a we were fortunate enough to have a, a lot of sort of um, press and celebrity endorsement across social media and, and in print and online. And we we still sort of seeing you know much um much to our su- su- surprise different pockets and different demographics really getting behind the product i mean there's no um debate over the fact that it's you know predominantly a, f- a female audience yeah. um i think you know the product tick ticks all the boxes there um but you know in, in terms of ages you know w- when we brought out our alcohol free product um although we very much market to an adult audience um they can be consumed by by those under the legal drinking age um and so you know you see people of all ages consuming pops and you know even up to people our, our grandparents age you know uh, uh, sort of having them and enjoying them mm. although they you know try and eat them with a knife and fork it's uh, quite amusing, but <laughs> as set, uh, you know, in terms of a set demographic yet, we, we, we certainly know that we're predominantly a female audience. Um, but you know, I, I think in years to come, we'll start to really hone that in and perhaps certain products appeal to, to certain demographics more than others. And mm. our range is so different. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, certain ones are, are, you know, the PIMS product, for example, is far more suited perhaps to, to a slightly older, um, crowd where you know they recognize the brand name pims and they're buying into it perhaps off the back of that whereas our froze product is is very young and very millennial um dare, dare we use the word um <laughs> and it's sort of that and that and in between and i think over the next year or two we'll really sort of understand um exactly which products tick tick which boxes cool and 
Um, again, the decision to, to go British, was that something that you did straight away or, or did you, when you were doing your research, were you looking further overseas um, for, for distribution, for, for manufacture predominantly, I guess? Yeah, yeah I think um, to begin with, we, you know, we always want, we did want to launch this kind of British brand. That was something that, you know, was a kind of uh, core part of the our values um, um, very much from the beginning. But I also think, you know, from uh, especially being kind of, uh, you know, you know, we still are young entrepreneurs, but you know, four years younger. You know, both in our early twenties. You know, uh, probably the thought of going abroad and, and speaking speaking to manufacturers potentially out there was was a bit of a daunting task. Um, mm. And actually, when we found manufacturers in this country that were very easy to work with, and we could nip to on a on a on a kind of short train, um, um, we thought you know that that made more sense at the time. Um, yeah. And um, Till you know, still today, we're very lucky that you know the, you know, three and a half years later, you know, the people that gave us a shot, um, because you know, again, um, when we when after we managed to make our recipe, we then had to take try and produce that recipe on a larger scale, and again, there were lots of people that didn't want to work with us based on um, some thinking were daft, and others thinking they didn't want you know they didn't want let's say alcohol in in their kind of production um mm. factory because you know they, they're not used to that that ingredient um so um so so yeah you, you know we were kind of at the beginning felt very thankful that you know someone would give us a shot and um uh, thankfully the people that gave us a shot are, are very respected and and um you know they run a very um, you know uh, fantastic um manufacturing um um uh, uh factory um, and what's been the the best moment so far on on the journey chaps yeah re- really difficult to sum up you know there's been some incredible highs there's been some pretty pretty tough days as as you can imagine um mm. I, I probably couldn't single out one day but um i think you know i think we, we we've done it we've you know, Diageo, you know, seeing everything come to light with Pims and Diageo has certainly, without a doubt, been a highlight. Um, the other was, you know, when going, um, we've done it, we, we now have a, a kind of satellite office down in Australia. Um, we, we've got a team of three people um, in Melbourne and now we're kind of um, launching in Queensland and, and kind of, I suppose, flying 26 hours around the world and then seeing you know arriving and just seeing all these people having your product was um <laughs> kind of did um did kind of hit home a little bit considering um that just a couple of years ago you know obviously it was just uh, kind of an idea in, in in a kind of living room sort of thing so that was, yeah. that, that's that was quite um for me yeah awesome and it, it is that case of like ch- chasing the sun given that your product um yeah a bit of both yes certainly you know we you know there's there's no getting around the fact that we are a seasonal product mm. um you know um you know when 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 it's you know when it's cold when it gets into the summer year you know we're not the product necessarily of choice um we 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 understand that so we built so you know we build our business around that and you know we thought yeah. um that you know australia you know again um you know they have you know their summer is you know in our winter so it's it was a definitely inappropriate but you know we also found some really great partners down there who really believed in our vision and our business and and um and what we wanted to do and really just having you know them on board uh um really kind of uh, helped you know make the decision so easy because you know we, we were in a market that we thought was great it, it was um it eliminated seasonality but on top of that we had the right people um working with us 
Mm. And what are some of the challenges you've had that you could kind of pre-warn those who are starting up or thinking of starting up a business in the in, in the drinks industry in the um, in the frozen drinks industry? I think you know there's so many different areas that that that, that we've sort of um, touched upon as as we've grown. Um, I think you know Harry and I come from a marketing background and our strength by, by no means is, is numbers and, and sort of formal um, formal equations and you know really having someone that you can lean on who, who can really sort of take the finance um, elements away and, and you know perhaps really focus on them and own them and um, you know obviously cash flow is such a key thing for any small business to, to really make sure that alongside that and margins and forecasting that you know that that that, that is really probably the most serious um you know thing thing to really take on board other than one's product um and you know not to be afraid to really say no you know a lot of people are put off by these big retailers and perhaps scared about speaking to them as as as, as they would any normal person and you know ultimately their businesses and and you know both parties need to make it a success both financially but also with the working arrangements and relationship and you know, it, it, it's you know if you don't feel that it's right to perhaps go into what into one supermarket group or or one retail chain or perhaps it might be more suitable to wait nine months and revisit it then 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 by all means do so and you know question the payment terms question um, the minimum order quantities and you know at first you know we were completely guilty of this you know we said yes to everyone and everything and <laughs> you know now we're, we're slightly more selective and certain retailers. Um, and, and distributors really respect that and understand that. And, you know, ultimately there's no point doing something unless it's going to work for everyone. Um, but yeah, to, to really sort of pick your battles and, 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 and you don't have to do everything. It's better to do a few things well than everything sort of on an okay basis. Yeah, I think that's really, really good advice. So massively appreciate that. Um, and regards to yourselves, do, do either of you come from an entrepreneurial background yourselves or is this like the kind of first foray family history wise that um that has been into yeah from uh it is formally kind of both our kind of um first business um however you know when we were both younger you know we both you know talked about doing this for a long time and 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 wanted to kind of wait until we thought we had something that was kind of we could run with um so i suppose the entrepreneurial spirit has kind of um always kind of run through both of us and um, from a family background no um i my family actually are you know come from you know it's just like you know corporate um finance city um background where um probably um entrepreneurial activity i, I don't say frowned upon because it's not but was it, it's definitely um you know you've got to be very cautious and 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 there's a lot of risks that go with it and um probably those risks that go with it were brought to my attention first before that we discussed the opportunity um so um so you know and those but that's also great life lessons because you know you, you need that you need those people you know saying to you, you know are you sure and yeah and definitely things and then and um it all comes from a positive light so um but um but no then they're, they're not hugely entrepreneurial the family um, I think when when Harry and I were, were younger and um, sort of you know when we first met, we were spending a lot of time up in London and 
quite a few of our friends were sort of working with events and with alcohol brands, uh, hosting parties, hosting club nights. And, you know, I think that was our first sort of foray together into an entrepreneurial mindset. And, um, you know, re regardless of the product or the service, you know, how to capitalize and how to make money. Um, and um, I, I guess, you know, when we were sort of 16, 17 up in London, um, weekends away from school, we, we sort of started experiencing that. And, um, you know, I had a passion for it. And, um, you know, sort of we worked together a bit then and then both went sort of separate ways in terms of sort of career paths and, and higher education. Um, and then, yeah, four, four years ago, sort of um, fell, fell back in love with the idea of doing something together. And um, sort of here we are. But, you know, a lot of people get very concerned about the sort of guidance they receive or perhaps having people around them that are extremely knowledgeable. And yes, it's very important to have corporate governance and, and to have advice and people you can fall on. But at the same time, every business and every product is, is completely different. And, mm. you know, if you were to take Phil Knight, for example, who, who founded Nike, um, in 1970s, if you were to give him the same investment he had back then, obviously with inflation, it's, it's, it's slightly more and said, you know, we want you to create a $40 billion trainer brand. You've got 30 years to do it. You're starting in 2017. You know, could he do it again? Probably not. And, you know, mm. times do change. And, you know, people, whether it's our parents or our friends or our investors, yes, they're, they're successful in their own right in their own industries. But, you know, ultimately, it is a big learning curve. And, and one really, you know, the best experience and, and, and history is sort of learning, learning on the job. Absolutely. Really, really good answer. And, um, and leaning on what you just said, then how, how have you go, gone about scaling and, and funding the business as a, as a startup a couple of years in now? Yeah, so we um, we started started the business on kind of very limited um, budget. Um, you know, it was it was kind of our kind of savings, um, mine and James, and kind of um, put 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 as much as we could in. Um, that kind of uh, funded the kind of first production run. Kind of got uh, you know purchased a couple of our kind of ice cream bikes. Um, kind of uh, got ourselves to market, um, I suppose. Um, then once we started to get some traction, proof of concept, people were um, buying the product. You know, we got kind of a, we got a huge amount of press um, when we launched. Miley Cyrus actually endorsed the product on our first ever event and took mm. a picture um, of herself having a champagne ice lolly, put it on the internet. But she, I think she forgot that she um, said she wasn't going to be drinking in her upcoming talk. So it created a kind of a frenzy of kind no. of back on the booze with these ice lollies, which is was kind of mad for us because it kind of we literally um at that point you know it was day one of production it was the first kind of hundred units that, that we had and, and we had her and it being in all the tabloids so it was this it was this crazy kind of adventure that kicked it all off um um so we we, we kind of rode that started working with self which is started kind of um getting um getting some kind of traction then we did a kind of series a fundraise um and i think that's really important i think giving people advice would be you know investors really want to see that, you know, you put your money behind it, you know, even if that is 500 quid or, you know, or a, a grand, you know, they just want to see that, you know, you've got some hurt factor and it shows that you really believe in the product. So yeah, you got some skin that, in the game then, haven't you? Exactly. Yeah. I think that's really important. Um, and then I think, you know, you've got to, you've got to, you know, there's never, you know, there's never really a right time, but, you know, I think you want to try and 
uh, you know, really prove your concept, get the proof of concept, get some customers, um, get people, you know, um, so you can you can prove that, you know, you, you can sell the product and there's a market there. And then if you need to raise some funds for more production or marketing, then then go out, go out and do it. And we were kind of, I suppose, um, one of our big things, it wasn't necessarily about the money, but it was about um, the people that we could get involved. So we wanted to get um, angel investors, you know, who obviously believed in the product, but also could really kind of advise us on on strategy and, and growth and, you know, all of the things that we might um you know, that we might need to kind of be aware of um, that we might not necessarily have the skill set or knowledge to know. So I think, you know, also in, in another piece of advice to, you know, young, young people trying to start is, you know, you know, be be wary of, you know, when you get investment of the people and, and, and try and uh, find people that can really help you um, and kind of maybe also have a bit of credibility. I think that also helps. Um, our chairman of our business is, um, uh, was um, started a very successful pub group called Geronimo Inns that sold, sold to Young's um, and they had about 30 pubs in London and, and they sold that on and, and you know, having him who who's our chairman um kind of adds that sense of credibility rather than it's just two young guys harry and james who've got this idea it's kind of two young guys james and harry who have this idea that has you know somebody saying they would like to take a a role as a non-exec chairman um you know and they've got that credibility i think that really helps because it gives confidence in other people wanting to get involved yeah um, massively yeah uh, so so i think you know you know it, it, getting investment is, is a um is a, is you know always very tricky valuations are always very tricky you know how do you value essentially the a size of an opportunity mm. um, you know I think you know uh, you know be I don't want to uh, say that you know you everyone's out to get you but you you know you definitely need to have kind of you know your ears and eyes open that 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 some people might be coming in and and undervaluing or, or trying to take a big chunk for not much and you've got to really weigh up is it worth it um, and um, that's the only decision I suppose the entrepreneur can can make um, so I, I think that's kind of important to always kind of think think you know what can they bring apart from the money and um, just to kind of um, kind of watch out at the same time um, so and then you know getting 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 quite a few investors you know one of the great things you know we we got quite a few different investors involved in the business um, and um, you know um, you know when we did a second fundraise you know it was great to see that you know we had um, I think you know 90% of, of all series A investors came around in series B you know and that was kind of quite nice because you know we didn't necessarily have to pitch out to many more new people you know we had the confidence of the original share base but we had enough people that you know we could raise more money off the back of that and that's um, maybe quite nice rather than having one investor where you know if you're doing multiple rounds it, it might be quite tricky for that person to keep kind of pledging the funds so um so yeah and um yeah talk to me a little bit about the um the marketing strategy and and how how you've managed to get so many celebrities to uh, to endorse because that must be massively helpful obviously product placement etc yeah i think i think the power of celebrity now more than ever um is is quite scary actually mm. um you know they, they really are the be all and end all um you know you open the newspapers and you know before really pressing matters on um whatever it might be you know there's always a scandal about a celebrity or um, you know, in actual fact, rarely is it news. It's just the art, the same article or story being strung out and, mm -hmm. you know, celebrities do sell, um, 
they do sell products. You know, if you, if you look at the Kardashians, they are a brand in their own right. And, mm. you know, the power of celebrity is, is, is incredibly strong. And that's why a lot of these big brands really harness it. And unlike us, they, you know, they, they usually have to pay quite high fees to get very little in return. And certainly do, do they never really buy the, the talent, as they're called, uh, respect. Um, you know, they're, they're only really going to the highest bidder. Um, with us, you know, our background is in marketing. Um, I, I used to work in uh, the film and music industry doing uh, advertising endorsement deals um so sort of knew roughly what agents or managers would be looking for and i guess the biggest sort of explanation is 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 the fact that our product is so unique you know if we had a a, a vodka brand and, and we approach someone they, they they know that there's 10 other vodka brands that um essentially would go into a bidding war to get that social media post or for them to attend an event or do an advertising shoot um but you know with our product that there, there, there is nothing like it and and you know, they know that they're not going to be alienating any big deals from from large conglomerates by taking a photo with our product. And you know, quite often they're they're looking for fun things to post across their across their feed, mm. um, across their social media feed. And you know, our product is one of, of a fun nature. And hopefully, they'll be sort of educating their their followers on what um on, on what's out there, and what they've found, and that they're the first to sort of find it. And we 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 have a very close network of people, um, both you know celebrities themselves but also publicists and managers those that are essentially on the front line of making decisions on behalf of these people um and, and we support wherever we can whether it's private parties at their homes um through um perhaps facilitating introductions to other brands we work with um and just generally having a sort of fun ethos and attitude um and and therefore they're happy to sort of um you know sort of give us some love and um take photos with the product and you know it's one thing having them you know we, we did a great event last year um with with dior um the, the fashion brand where they rented out blenheim palace in oxfordshire and we had um there were all sorts of people there but, but the sort of model of, of the day was this model called bella hadid um mm-hmm. who now is is pretty much on the front cover of, of most magazines and quite often in the newspapers um probably the highest paid supermodel out there and you know she took a photo with with the product holding it perfectly you could see the logo you know if we were um the likes of nestle uh, we would have to pay an excess of a hundred thousand pounds for that endorsement wow really and and it wow. was just you know we, we just went up to her we were friendly we weren't intrusive um we we gave her the product all of her friends loved it and we just said you know do you mind if, if we take a photo um yeah. and, and she was completely cool with it and you know albeit this was you know the beginning of her, of her journey and now she she probably you know it'd be quite hard to get that close to her mm. um but you know it's one thing having the photo it's it's, it's another thing getting them to post it to their audience of, of yes. 5 10 15 million and that's yeah. the next part of the journey to to, to really get them to do the hard work yeah just just looking early you got everyone from from connor maynard to, to father christmas himself yeah, yeah. to tell my kids yeah. <laughs> no it looks brilliant on there um to, to direct everyone to your to your website wearepops.com and i love how you've, you've done um with, obviously with your marketing backgrounds calling it like the paparazzi yeah it's cool yeah, and, and you know again trying to create that awareness around that hashtag and get people really engage with it it's kind of a core focus for us mm. and kind of a two-part ending to to the discussion um i know you're busy chaps so um they are what what's your definition of success and what's what's the most important thing that you're working on right now um in terms of definition of success i think you know that's something that you know 
you know, quite, for us, you know, quite difficult. I suppose it's not difficult to answer, but, you know, I think, you know, what, what you want to build, a, a, you know, a globally um, uh, respected brand, you know, and us to be the leaders in um, premium ice-based products. So, you know, um, whether that be alcohol or alcohol-free, um, that, we're, that we're leading that trend. And, and I suppose, you know, running a business that still has our core values at heart, you know, we, we, we're, we're quite a kind of fun, passionate team, um, we like, you know, everyone working with us to be to be very happy um, and, you know, to enjoy themselves. And, and, you know, if we can kind of keep that level of, you know, uh, you know, keep that, you know, within the core roots of our company, I think it will show, you know, in the way that we speak to people and the way that we market our products and the way that our products come across. So I think that's really important for us. Um, and, um, you know, I think an exit, you know, eventually is you know you know a um you know something we want and i think you know you know where that comes from it, it, you know we're not sure yet but you know essentially you know um you know i think you know something within the trade would probably be the preference so you know an, an exit in the trade of, of some sort is, is something that you know we would um we would uh would be you know in time you know would, would be um open discussion but you know like we said we're, we're not in a rush for that you know we've got so no. we've got so long to go um and um, and I think you know we've um, um, it'll be very interesting to see you know how, how we grow in, in in the coming years. And um, is the most exciting thing you're working on the the launch in Australia, or are there, are there other things that you've um, you're busy developing for for 2018 at the moment? Yeah, b- busy developing kind of a, a number of things, um, but um, essentially building that relationship with Diageo is a core focus for us. Um, um, uh, UK kind of grocery, um, so kind of um, big picture retail is uh, in the UK is something that um, it, you know we're focusing a lot of time on, and, and hopefully we'll see the fruition of that kind of in in, in the kind of spring this year. Um, and then you know there are some kind of exciting um, openings um, internationally. Um, um, that we're looking at so um so you know there there's quite a lot bubbling um but you know also you know we've got to be uh you know realistic we're a small we're a small team we're growing but i think you know it's better to do you know fewer things really well so you know we, we don't have this scatterbomb approach just let's try and launch everywhere as quickly as possible it's it's, it's really having a kind of defined um approach to things and being kind of very sniper rifle in our approach um so um so we've got you know we've got kind of core kind of four or five object, objectives that we want to um see out in the next um in the next 12 months and i think you know we're well on our way to um seeing a lot of those um, come through Awesome. I, I, I love the story. Really enjoyed uh, speaking to you guys. And uh, just to finish off, where can people get some pops? So we always try and encourage people to buy uh, the product through um, Ocado.com, mm-hmm. um, which is a fantastic online supermarket that delivers to most stores in the UK. Um, they stock our full range. Um, other than Ocado, I mean, we do have seasonal fluctuation with, with some of our outdoor stockists. Um, but all year round, you can enjoy um, our products in, in a variety of bars, restaurants, theatres, independent farm shops, delicatessens, um, a lot of which is highlighted in, on our website website um and we have a very exciting announcement next week um with a large uh sort of household name um retail outlet which we will um be announcing all across social media um and um hopefully that'll be the start of, of something quite exciting um but yeah acado.com uh, is, is 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 the best place to go at the moment 
So as you heard during my interview with uh, Harry and James, loads of amazing takeaways that they were able to to share with you. Um, just a couple that I'll, that I'll touch on. Um, what I really liked was the fact that they say question everything. So temptation is when you're starting up is to say yes to absolutely uh, every opportunity that's out there. But get into that mindset of, you know, shiny new object syndrome, tension gets taken away from the core functions of your business, the core products or services. Um, likewise, when you're signing deals, as they say, with distributors, um, you know, question everything that you do and be selective. Um, you don't have to say yes to everybody. Um, choose the deals that work and people will respect you for that. I, I really like that. Um, and investment-wise, a couple of people have mentioned this during the course of the show, but um, what else can investors bring to the table? If you're looking for investment for your business, don't necessarily just take the money and run, however tempting that might be. But you might want to think about the experience um, and contacts that investors bring to you compared to just an amount of money. So balance that out without a shadow of a doubt and, and how that can um, move your business forward far quicker um, than just taking um, an amount of money for it. Um, and what I also liked was the fact that they created a product for a market. Um, so what trends are going on at the moment that you can capitalize on? So I'm going to leave you with that thought. Um, as you know, now the show is now going twice a week. So we've got Startup Saturday, which you just listened to. Next episode will be next Wednesday. Um, which is also the same date as our last live event, which is going to be in Brighton on the 22nd um, at Platform 9. We're co-working space. Um, tickets still available. We've got Pippa Murray from Pippa Nuts, which is the headline speaker uh, amongst three fantastic speakers for the evening. Again, you can get your tickets on Eventbrite by Googling Virgin Startup Brighton. And then on December the 6th, we've got our podcasting masterclass with myself as well um, in Bournemouth. So loads going on to close out the year. Stick with the show. Loved having you listen to this episode. And I will look forward to speaking to you again next Wednesday. If you'd like the opportunity to attend one of our live events with some of the world's leading entrepreneurs, just go to startupu.co.uk and click on the events calendar. That's Startup U with the letter U. From there, you'll be able to see what live events we've got coming up and book a ticket from as little as £5, which includes a complimentary drink and the opportunity to network with like-minded entrepreneurs. Hope to see you soon. If you're an entrepreneur looking for funding, mentoring or support, go to startupu.co.uk. And if you'd like to share your startup story, we'd love to hear from you. Just go to the contact page on startupu.co.uk and we'll be in touch. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and I'd love it if you left me a review of the show. To connect with me personally, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook at Alex Chisnell. Until the next show, remember don't wait. The time will never be just right. Action always beats intention. This show is brought to you by Rocket Spark, who make it easy for anyone to build a great looking website. 
Each month, Rocket Spark offer one lucky listener the opportunity to get a website absolutely free for the next six months to do some in-market testing of a new idea. Just go to rocketspark.com slash screw it, just do it to enter. 